Cozy Zone friends, Ben Weber here. Our guest today is Ana Cantaron Viramontes. She is a Mexican interdisciplinary artist and educator based in Brooklyn. Her work has traveled internationally in North America, Latin America, Europe, Asia, and Africa. Ana invited me to her guest room in Flatbush for our cozy conversation. Before we get to Ana, I want to introduce you to Mr. Claude Walter Pedosiris one of the trustees of the Cozy Zone Foundation, I traveled to his vacation home outside of Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming, where we had a truly far-out exchange. Mr. Pedosiris, thank you so much for, for having me in this, this beautiful, beautiful place. Oh, well, it, it is beautiful. You are sure darn right about that. I make sure to keep it beautiful. Can you tell us all your, your line of work? Well, at the moment, I am a spaceship dealer, and the, that is something that my family line has been engaged with for, um, well, we could say decades, but one might also say centuries. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, my. Uh, tell, you've been involved with space travel for centuries? Well, uh, space travel we might say, is a bit of a loaded term. However, um, space dealership, it's not as exciting as it sounds. You see, people really these days are looking mainly for something presentational. They're looking for something they can keep in a safe place to impress whoever they want to impress who is walking to their mansion, to their wealthy mansion. They're looking to hoard the the space items for the purposes of people who are asking, let's say that we are in my vacation home okay. near Yellowstone National Park. Okay. I, I have, I've, I've always had a heart connection to Wyoming. Don't ask me why. I've been, I, I've been, I've lived in Greece. I've lived in Ireland, and uh, my heart has somehow, along with my sweetheart, landed in uh, Wyoming. Yeah. What is out there among the stars is what reminds us of our connectivity and our connectedness. Because my family has had such a long history with space innovation, technology, and intelligence, I have a certain ability to charge my ideas with space, waves, intelligence, vibrations, those, those, it doesn't matter what you call it. But my point being is that I'm, when people like you come and I can instantly sense right away whether there's somebody that I want to spend time with regret let alone money money is you see see money is not what people think it is money is invisible it's it's it, it's it is so intangible and it's not as um it, it, before money there is time let's put it this way and there is energy so when i'm in the presence of someone like you i immediately want to sense is this someone who has a project which my ideas can touch because my great gift, and I'm going to test you on this later to see if you're worthy of the of uh, of of this. I, I'm I'm teasing. Okay, I apologize. Okay, my I'm humor is either, sometimes said no, with the same tone as everything else. Of course, I you know. Think. But I'm I'm standing by. If I we do need to do a test, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. You know, any whatever you you think. My great gift, my 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 first great gift is that any project that my ideas touch is electrified and empowered. Wow. That's it. 
So, and and this, this has to do with my family's history with space innovation technology also. Yes, I know it has a lot of baggage today, but astrology wow. as well. Okay. I can't, I'm, yes. I'm uh, so, so curious. I'm so curious about sort of like the origins, like your family's first relationship with uh, space stuff. Like centuries ago, I mean, you yes. know, we, we, I don't know, we used to think that the, the uh, sun revolved around the earth. Like what, what did your, how did your family start to get into the space industry? Well, stories are a little bit mixed, but if you go way, 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 way back between when, you know, my, my family line goes back to between, um, Greece and, um, when, when the Greeks and the Egyptians were traveling back and forth and exchanging different sort of what are now considered to be, uh, occult, my ancestors were different sorts of prophets. Um, what would today be called prophets? What was in the day and back then considered a very run-of-the-mill work, where a very patient scholarly work, where they would take long scrolls and they would predict when the next eclipses were going to be, and they would project hundreds of years into the future. So uh, at a certain point, my family started becoming very hush-hush about this, and I'm now releasing the stigma. I'm now, okay, we are in 2020, I'm going to come clean. Uh, being as wealthy as I am, as well-to-do, I'm going to be, I'm going to wear my resources on my sleeve, and I'm going to say it, my family. Uh, was able to predict things like when the royalty, when the king would die. You mentioned that dealing spaceships isn't as glamorous as it sounds. To me, it sounds uh, extremely glamorous. Like you, you see rocket ships, it's amazing. You see Elon Musk with SpaceX, that feels really uh, incredible. But uh, to you, you're, you're, you seem unimpressed. The label is prestigious. The label is, ooh, romantic spaceship dealer. Oh, what a character, right? In a way, it's true because I'm the real deal. I'm, uh, I'm, I sometimes say I'm the real dealer. Yeah, right. Uh, that's, but, that's but pretty good. It's in my blood. But uh, when you get down to the brass tacks, it's paperwork. It's um, a lot of people thinking that money is something that it isn't really. A lot of people thinking that uh, that a machine is something that it isn't really. In my research about you, that y you began your career actually uh, in support of your, your wife's artistry. Is that correct? Oh, yes, that was my passion for years and years and years and years, and also hers as well, of course. My wife was, um, you see my wife, uh, Anais, she wrote romance novels, um, and she was a big superstar romance novel writer. You would not believe the readership levels, I mean. Any any and, titles uh, I would have heard of? The first title was uh, Port Love. Port uh, Love? It, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. yep. Snakes of the Supreme Body. And that is actually um, what my agency, my literary agency, came to be known as. We were able to find a way to connect the reader's experience of a romance novel to a satellite that... Um, cast down the beams of a certain interstellar experience. Let's put it that way, because to put it any more bluntly would, uh, again, get us into a little bit of, of trouble within reason. And 
change this experience would cause an awareness of the person's primordial uh, erotic body in a way that was unprecedented. You were, were kind enough to fly me to this uh, undisclosed location uh, near Yellowstone in Wyoming because uh, you said that you had a project that you were interested in, in funding on, on behalf of the Cozy Zone Foundation. I'm aware of your um, yeah, the, this Ro Rochester Contemporary Art Center, um, their call for different proposals. You slid me the, the dossier, and, and so not only is it the Rochester Community Arts Center, but it, it's in collaboration with the, the National Susan B. Anthony Museum. Susan B. Anthony is a symbol or a figure that is a, uh, a messenger towards the young people of today, you could say. Uh, we could say she's a kind of a daimonic figure. Uh, she's, she's a messenger for the youngsters today of what it means. I kind of want to say to, that to the listeners, you're, you're beckoning with this like beautiful crystal wand. Can you uh, tell me a little bit about the uh, meaning of this? It, it looks like oh. it's maybe amethyst and emerald mm -hmm. and malachite <laughs> or something like that. Yes, you see. Ah, uh, you're only right about. You're only correct about one of those, oh. and that is malachite. Oh, you boy. see, there are things that I think the world is doing with billions of dollars that are not the right way to um, instruct the public about the relationship between engagement, wealth, and death. One of the ways this is happening is the fossil fuel industry. Oh, sure. Did you know that in recent history, $35 billion have been given to the fossil fuel industry? Wow. Are you saying the United States government gives $35 billion to the fossil fuel industry yes. annually? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Considering how you've come into my vacation home uh, and conversed, what is my greatest gift? Electrifying ideas. Yes. You got from it. space? Yes. Perfect. Very good. Uh, considering who you are, I am going to give it strong consideration because I am moved by your presence here today. I, I, I don't normally get um, moved in this form. I'm going to reach into space, into the reaches of my brain <laughs> and to see if it is if this is the just flow of redirection from the despicable fossil fuel industry into your project thank you so much it's nice to have company anna welcome to your cozy zone thank you welcome to my cozy zone where are we right now? We are in our guest room. It's just a place where I can chill. There is a day bed, pink curtains. You've uh, prepared quite a beautiful spread for us. Uh, what, what did you prepare for us? It's rainy outside, so I thought some tea would be nice. I have some jasmine tea and a little spread of cheese and berries. This is your guest room. Do you have guests here often we do actually yes i i um i don't know like when people comes to new york and and now they know that we have an extra room they 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 stay with us and we like it uh 
enjoy having guests. My brother lived here for six months, so this was my brother's room. How big is your family? It's um, it's it's really big. Well, my my dad. So on my dad's side, my dad has twelve brothers and sisters. He's the thirteenth. Um, they have some of them have ten kids, six kids. Like there's people that I don't know. I have at my age, I am a great aunt already because my family is that big. So at least how many how many brothers or sisters do oh, you have? Just just one brother and one sister. Wow. Okay. So your your parents, my t- parents took it easy. Took it easy, but my yeah, but cousins I have millions. Millions of cousins. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been in New York? Five years. I lived in Greenpoint before. What was that like? That was fun. Small, tiny, tiny apartment. A lot of hipsters. And then, and then it started changing a lot, and um, yeah, and I was um, priced out, I guess. Yeah. Did your family come and visit you in Greenpoint? Just oh no, yeah, my mom came also. My brother and sister were there, and we had friends that lived a block away, and they, I think they owned that building. It it is unclear, and they had the. Um, they have a huge guest room in the basement, and that's where my brother and sister stayed. I myself am, am an only child, uh, and I really, really wish I had brothers and sisters to sort of bear witness to my experience and sort of, uh, I guess, reflect back my parents' behavior and make me feel like I'm not alone and not not insane. I. Yeah, I've heard that before. I don't know what is to be a, an only children. I always dreamed of having my own bedroom because I always shared my bedroom with my sister because there was two girls and one boy. Right. Uh, Older sister, younger sister? I am the eldest. Uh-huh. My sister is the baby sister. My brother is in the middle. Nice. What brings you joy in the world? What do you focus on? Oh, um, I guess theater. Theater really brings me joy. Uh, playing around and um, there is there is some magic in theater that really brings me joy that I, it makes me really happy. How long have you been experiencing this this magic of theater, this joy? I I think since when I, since I was a kid, I was you know the typical story of I am the cousin that forces the other cousins to make plays and then play them and and show have showcases in the living room and force the adults to sit through the nightmare of whatever we have created for them and like do that once a week or <laughs> it was that bad yeah <laughs> I'm from Mexico I grew up in a city called Puebla and my mom is actually from the north of Mexico uh, bordering California and every every summer for maybe like four years but I was a child so it felt like every summer forever my uh, one of my mom's brothers came to Mexico for the entire summer they were going to school during the summer and my cousins would come and they were around my age and my brother's age. And then we had to create plays. And I don't know how often we did it during the you summer. You demanded that these plays be created. Yes. You had to. Yes. We had to create also comedic sketches. Okay. 
What yeah. do we? What what kind of content are we talking about here? What were what's, what Bad. was this? Bad. It was based on TV shows or whatever. Do you remember? I do remember. There is a. Oh my God. It's bad. There, there is this dude in Mexico. His name is uh, Eugenio Derbez, and everybody knows him. And he's a comedic actor. And he had a, um, a show of sketches where he did ridiculous things. And I, uh, what I did was I, I rewrote some of their sketches, like kind of like using the same kind of humor he would use. He had a lot of humor around words. I come from a family of educators, teachers, like all most of my family are teachers. So I guess that being an actor wasn't something that felt like a pursuable career. It felt maybe not a, like a real thing growing up, just like a hobby. I created an entire, with my cousins, an entire um, winter festival with choreography and songs and numbers and a play and there was an opening act and there was um yeah the, it it was a lot it might have been like 30 30 minutes oh long okay or longer I yeah don't know. yeah that's amazing and and how old were you do you think when you did this nine wow and what was the venue like? Where where would this oh, winter festival take place? It was, it was place? my grandma's living room. Wow. And and also part of the kitchen. <laughs> was, that, was that like was that not backstage, but like uh, no, it was that was the, on stage. It was the kitchen. Yeah. That was the stage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we did costumes, but we really didn't think about about like a, like a drape or something. Totally nothing. No. Well, you you know you're you're learning. Yeah. And one time the principal of the high school came to my classroom to just like give us a pet talk about like, the world is yours, you can do anything. And a, a, a girl that had graduated the year before me went to theater school. And that's when like I was a senior in high school, I was about to graduate. And that's when the light bulb went up. And I was like, oh, I can go to theater school. That's a thing. I started doing work with friends when I was in college. Uh, we created a company and we were touring a lot and I had a lot of joy. And it was one of these processes where we're a small company, so we do everything from, yeah, the, the, we, we, we created stage and costumes and, um, and we traveled a lot and I felt very successful at that and I would go to tiny, tiny towns and have to like adapt the, the, the play so that we could play it in, I don't know, the same play we were at, sometimes in a theater, sometimes in a plaza, sometimes in the backyard of somewhere, sometimes in a cemetery. I have, I mean, I have a similar relationship with theater. Like I mm -hmm. started in Milwaukee when I was nine years old. Uh, and there was like a little children's theater school called First Stage Theater Academy. Nice. Started when I was nine. And they had like different classes and they had all these plays you could mm -hmm. uh, audition for. And so my first role was Silas Bunn in this story called Caddy Woodlawn, a play called Caddy Woodlawn, which is about like a frontier Wisconsin girl who's like, you know, rough and tough and like yeah. a tomboy. And I, I had a very small role. Um, but the big line that I had was like, he spit right on the floor. 
and like it got a laugh. And so this was like a moment where I could actually, I don't know, be in control for a moment or like in, inspire all of these people that get them on my page, get them on my side. That makes sense. That That is a great story. I, I identify with that also. I think uh, my mom always took me like he she she was very um, she really wanted us to do many things. So even though she was like theater is not a profession, she she also took me to I took ballet lessons for like seven years growing up and I went to singing classes and I went to piano lessons never to theater class okay okay but um that was just in you there there's just like yeah the 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 feeling of a stage and and yeah speaking of like a moment where I felt successful and this was oh I was already an adult and I was working on this piece and we had big pieces of puppetry and I was uh, doing the the physical choreography uh, for this particular project. But I have this thing where I never feel like I'm ready. Like I feel like I'm always fooling myself and everyone when I say like, yeah, I'll do the choreography. I'm ready for it. And I, and I am, but I never feel like I can call myself the choreographer. There was this day on this project where the director was out uh, for like, and that was the schedule. So I was going to take over the process. Those two, it was just one day. That day it was going to be about the choreography and I was in charge. And I was really, really nervous because that was also the first day that we were going to, I was going to meet with the puppeteer, get all the huge puppets and work with the actors. And I, and I had to direct like, maybe like 10 to 15 actors and I was really nervous but but it went really great and I felt yeah I felt powerful not in a twisted way of like I'm controlling all these people but but I felt like I knew what I was doing both my parents are teachers almost all of my mom's siblings are teachers their wives and husbands are teach everybody's a teacher yeah yeah and so was that something that, do you, did you assume that that would just be part of your life forever? Actually not. Actually, I was very reluctant to be a teacher uh, because that's what like growing up in Mexico and my parents being teachers and me finally deciding I'm going to go to theater school. But my parents were always push, pushing the, well, yeah, go to theater school, but then you'll be a teacher. And then you'll get into the public system in Mexico and you'll be an arts teacher. And arts teacher, like that, that means teaching everything. Yeah. Like, Visual arts, dance, dance music, and, instruments. Yeah. And folk dance ah. in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, no, I, I, I'm not going to do that ever. Like I was really, really reluctant. I, I promised myself I was not going to be a teacher. And I left Mexico. And I was like, I'm gone. Um, when did you leave? I leave I, 2012. I went, I went to grad school in Colorado. Okay. What, what grad school? I went, I went to Naropa University and I got an MFA in theater, contemporary performance. And then I moved to New York and, uh, 
New York, as everybody, you know, like everybody's New York story, the first year is horrid. 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 Yeah. Uh, it's really tough. And I had similar questions like you were talking about earlier. How is how is people happy? Yeah. How do you find community? Yeah. How... Oh my God! How do you make connections? Um, not just not just networking connections, no, but course. like human connections. Yeah, because New York is this beastly place that yeah. like literally chews on you every day, and mm -hmm. like you have teeth marks, and you're covered in like saliva and bits of rotting food. Oh God, yes. And you need people to protect you from that or, or like hold you afterwards. Yes. Uh, yeah, we were talking about like the, the genesis of Cozy Zone. And I was saying to you, basically, my my question, my big central question was like, how do you feel good in New York? Because like, I don't know. And so maybe other people can show me how. Absolutely. Yes. No, I, I totally understand that. It's it it the first year was really hard i had i i was working on the like i moved to new york with no plan like a fool which i i i appreciate the archetype of the fool i'm like really close to that archetype um like a fool i moved to new york i and i thought i'll figure it out whatever i found a job i spent all my money on my month of rent my deposit and my broker fee and I was wiped. Yeah, like you do in Greenpoint. Was that the first place you landed? Yes. Oh boy, yeah. And that was uh, in 2012. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, it's it, pricey then. It was pricey. Yes, it's much more pricey now. But sure. But it was pricey. It was always, it yeah. was always pricey. Yeah. And oh my God, it was. I found the first job I found was a block away from my house. And I was like, I need to pay the rent next month. I don't know how am I going to do it. It was a donut shop. Best donuts ever. Most those go donuts wait what what's the shop it's called Moe's Dose. It's Mo's, not Peter Pan. Moe's Dose. It's a Peter Pan competitor. You know, I had people coming to the donut shop just to try if they, see if they were better than Peter Pan. And the thing is that Mo Mohammed, the baker that opened this place, was the baker for Peter Pan for like 20 years. Uh -huh. And then he was like, it's 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 my it's my turn. Yeah. Um well, my shift started at 4 a.m. every day. I didn't have energy to do anything. I, I, I wanted to do art, and I just couldn't. No. <sighs> How long were you at Moe's Doze? Like, like five, six months. Okay. That's pretty the, good. The, the winter arrived, and I was like, I need to go out of... I, not anymore. Yeah. And, um, and I... Uh, and then I didn't know what to do, so I applied for a teaching artist uh, position at this organization called Bell. I don't think they exist anymore. <laughs> but but uh, that was my first teaching job in New York in 2014. What did, what did you do for them? I So I applied to be a, a theater, a theater teaching artist, but... Uh, there's a lot of teaching artists that are for theater in New York and they didn't have a space for that. But they offer me to teach arts and crafts and they hire me because I speak Spanish also. And I was like, I'll do that. And that was also that was also a thing because I always felt that I sucked. Like I, I, I was really bad at 
drawing. I feel and the same way. I, but when they offered me that job for arts and crafts, I thought I, I, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I just I just need to not be in the donut shop anymore. What um, what do you remember your favorite arts and crafts project? One of your your most I wonderful. Do. Yeah, I still do it when I have to. Uh, so it's oil pastel. Okay. It's very easy. You make like this dune or mountain design. Okay. And the final product looks really hard. So when kids look at it, they're like, I'm not going to be able to do that. That's really hard. But step by step, it's so easy. So when they finished and it looks really beautiful, they are really happy. They feel proud of themselves. Help me help me see it a little. So yes. yeah, like a, a dune. So you make a mountain out of oil pastels? Yes, yes, yes. So you use a, a black piece of paper. Okay. And you use a black crayon, oil, okay. oil yeah. pastel crayon. Yeah. And then you make like a like a dune. Okay. Mm. Anna's drawing a little uh, dune yes. for me right now with and pencil on a piece then of paper. You make another one. Okay. And then you make a third one that might be. Okay. And the, the, yeah, remember. there's two round ones, and the third one's sort of pointy. You make a little circle because you want the sun. Mm hmm. Of course. And then. And then you, you could just go like this. Oh, so you do the opposite. The uh, yeah, the opposite side. You start making lines, like yeah. curvy lines. With different colors of oil pastels. Or are we still all with our this, black? All of this is black okay. on black paper. Okay. Okay. Then, then you start introducing new colors, and then you start coloring each doing a different color okay or you can um create your own patterns mm -hmm. uh, but also the oil pastel you can start then mixing yes two or more colors together mm. and the the end result is very beautiful amazing naropa was a magical place i found naropa really random i didn't know anything about the school about the founder about the buddhist um inspired sham like n i didn't know anything about that so what is naropa naropa is a small liberal arts school i think i guess um that was founded by this dude uh, his name is shiogian trumpa rinpoche he is uh he was a tibetan monk a Buddhist Tibetan monk. So the school doesn't, uh, they don't call themselves Buddhist. They call Buddhist inspired. And yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what happened. I went, I, I saw the, the website uh, and I looked at the program and I felt a lot of emotions and I felt that was my school. But I didn't have any background. That's when, when I talk about, I feel very close to the archetype of the fool. Because I just went, I was like, okay, whatever. And then I arrived there and then I was like, oh, the viewpoints. Yeah, I didn't know anything about the viewpoints. Or, or we had uh, Roy Hart voice. Uh, I didn't know anything about Roy Hart. I went there because I thought they had Buto. I knew about Buto and I wanted to do more Buto. But by the time I arrived in Europa, they were not doing Buto anymore. Oh, darn. <laughs> Have you since uh, gotten your Buto fix? Yes. Okay. Yes, there's there's a couple of Buto people in, in New York. Okay. So. Phew. 
fifth. Uh, yeah, I was there. And what what I am grateful about Naropa is that, yes, I learned a lot about my body uh, and how to use it in the stage and how to create stuff. But I also learned to call myself an artist. How did the Buddhism-inspired aspect sort of fit into everything? Um, well, we have meditation. We meditate. There's a meditation class. Uh, you're welcome to meditate. There is meditation rooms and you're welcome to do that if you feel compelled to. I feel like every school should have that. Every I, Everywhere. I agree. Yes. And there's just like mindfulness and... Um, but yeah, there's not like... Then if you feel inspired to follow that path, then you follow it. Yeah. I didn't. Well, yeah. Do you, do you have a meditation practice these days? Um, I mean, I meditate if I have to. Why do you have I to? Don't, I mean, sometimes, sometimes my, my partner uh, meditates. Okay. And, and sometimes I just, you know, I, I like to be um, present with, with his practice. I see. I see. So he inspires you. Yeah. I, I imagine you two met at Naropa. We did. We met at Naropa. We were in the same cohort. We saw each other every day. Yeah. We also lived very close to each other at the time. Now we live together. So we live in closer, I guess. Yeah. How, how did that How did that begin? Like, how did you sort of transition from oh, colleagues to partners? He, he was always like, a, you know, he, he has a very calm energy. And I felt like I needed that when I moved to to the States because uh, I moved and it was kind of like a shock and I wasn't aware that I was in a cultural shock. I was very quiet. I didn't, I understood English and I could speak English, but but I, I, I was a completely different person during the first maybe half year or first year of grad school. And it was also, uh, yeah, I mean, I understood the language, but there, there you know, um, th there was still like the language barrier or sometimes cultural barrier, like, like, like silly stuff. Like I, I used to uh, kiss people in the cheeks and people would freak out and I'd be like, oh, sh what, what, you know, like silly things yeah. like that. When you say freak out, like. But they really like... Yeah, not, not everyone. No. But some people was taken by like, oh, why does this chick just kiss me? And chick, yeah. Like in, New, I also, feel like New York is a little bit different. Yeah, we um, should also like bring that over too, for God's sakes. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to like hate someone if you're kissing their face. Yeah. And like a stranger, I guess you don't kiss strangers, but you kiss. Well, in you Mexico, can. you may, you may, like, you're like, yeah. uh, nice friend to meet friend. you. Yeah. Kissing the chick. Yeah. That's so nice in France. And yeah. Probably in Germany, other places. Um, yeah. I'm so, for kiss, kissing on the cheek. Yes. Let's, let's, I, I'll start doing it again. But yeah. now, now I feel weird. Now I go back to Mexico and people kiss me in the cheek and I don't kiss them back. You freak out. I freak out because I don't do it and then I feel like I was rude. I see. And I'm like, oh. And then it's too late. And you've to broken kiss. you've broken the culture yeah, of I've, Mexico. Yes. And yeah, I feel like I was rude and now it's too late. Like a late kiss. No. Right. Yeah. You know? 
So yeah. you, were in, you were in culture shock. Yes, and he was a very calm person to be around. And he lived very close. Like my apartment and his apartment were very close. And sometimes we needed to read or write papers. And I felt like I was never going to be able to finish on time because I had to read one thing three times and like double guess my language all the time. So I started... Um, like I proposed to him, like, can you come to my apartment? You read out loud and we work together and I cook dinner. And we started just like doing that. And then there was also a lot of movement. It was a very movement based. We had somatic movement. And there was like these explorations where like you have to sound into somebody's organs, you know, like sound into the kidneys so yeah did you sound into each other's kidneys yes we did what did what how did you know that this person it's, sounding was the person for you um i don't know i guess we were just very comfortable around each other yeah and uh and i started noticing that i wanted to spend time with him mm -hmm. and doing the awkward thing of like we could take the bus together mm -hmm. And I would do the awkward thing of delaying my pace so that we could randomly take the bus together. You know that that ridiculous. Did thing. You, so? Did you did you pursue him? I guess unintentionally, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When because I, like yeah, I I I went to like a sort of theatrical grad school too, mm -hmm. and like you're rolling around, and yeah, it's yes. very intimate. You spend so much time together, oh, like yeah. you sort of you learn so much about everyone just based on like what they do under pressure. You, it's a really like great way to vet someone to get to know them. Yes, where did you go? I went to uh, I went to CUNY. I got oh. my master's in applied theater. Nice. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, it was, a, it's extremely, we were, yeah, in a very sort of small cohort and we moved together and yeah, so we, we just knew everybody's business mm -hmm. and, uh, it spent a lot of time together, which was wonderful working and playing and all sorts yes. of things. We were also, you know, like we, we were resisting it because we didn't want to be the cohorts couple. Of course. You know, yeah. like who wants to be the cohort? Like, no, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was definitely part of the cohorts couple and it's, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It is a lot because there is a lot of emotions and a lot of vulnerability just because of the work and then add that a romantic interest and it, it distracts you. Do you have a, a, a meditation I, practice? I do. I've been doing pretty good. I do the Headspace app oh, and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I've been, been at it. I've been really... Good. I have a good streak going. There's like the gamified, you know, meditation thing where yeah. it's like you get, you know, your day streak. I remember I, I laughed really hard and I showed it to Nate. Um, you have a, you have an act with, uh, with Sam. Oh, yes. And you're like these like oh, yeah. new agey dudes. That's I right. Yes. So yeah, uh, Sam Gold and I uh, have a, a character duo for Danceify That. Uh, yeah. Billy Schultz's amazing interpretive dance game show. Yeah. Check it out. Um, but our, our dance duo is called Chode. 
C H O D. There's an umlaut. You know, like Pima children, like it's um, yes. Pima was this. Pima was the speaker of my graduation. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So we wear we wear these unitards, and we're really into like soft masculinity. Um, and yeah, my character happens to be in love with Sam's character, and there's a lot of like tension. Oh my god, yeah. I didn't get that because I just saw a little like of course, sketch. of course, but like. I, I, I loved how, yes, you're talking about like soft masculinity, but at the same time, it's kind of bro-y. Oh, extremely. Yeah. I've been given a, a task from one of the trustees of the Cozy Zone Foundation um, in which they've passed off uh, a dossier uh, in which uh, containing a, a public art project. I yes. have it in this. You can hear this uh, sort of folder right now. Our, our task is to complete this request for proposals for this temporary public art installation. Oh, um, okay, okay. I like that. Our budget uh, is $35 billion. Billion like with a B? B, $35 billion. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, annual, or at least the 2018 uh, fossil fuel subsidy uh, dis distributed by the United States government. Oh, okay. Oh. So, so uh, this trustee is matching. Is, uh, this, is this trustee, uh, does, does this trustee have to do anything with the, with the oil company or it's just... The oh, company? no, okay. no, no. Got this, this uh, yeah, completely separate. I think, I, I know all the trustees of the Cozy Zone Foundation are, are sort of disgusted by how money is used Good. everywhere else in the world. And so now... Uh, you know, they want to make that situation better by uh, refocusing this these resources to a worthy cause. Wow, they, that, that, that's extremely generous. It's, yes, I don't. Wow. Okay, so let me uh, let me tell you about this uh, this proposal here. What we have to do. So this is uh, from the Rochester Contemporary Art Center. Rochester is a place in upstate New York. Yeah. Um, in partnership with the National Susan B. Anthony museum and house. Wow. Okay. So it, the, here it, it goes like this, the Rochester contemporary art center and the national Susan B. Anthony museum and house Anthony museum, uh, jointly present this special request for proposals as part of major women's rights anniversaries being celebrated next year. 2020 marks the 200th birthday of human rights activist, Susan B. Anthony and the hundred anniversary of the 19th amendment. We seek proposals for a site-specific public art project that celebrates, acknowledges, and remembers these anniversaries, while also challenging audiences to think about voting and civic engagement. Proposals for works that prompt visitors to return multiple times to experience changes in the piece are encouraged. ROCO, uh, that's the Rochester Contemporary Muse Museum of Art, welcomes visual artists, sculptors, sound artists, performing artists, photographers, filmmakers, and others to submit a proposal. Mm -hmm. Rocco's public art program will give one artist the opportunity uh, to envision, produce, and exhibit a sculpture or multimedia work adjacent to Rocco. Ah, here we go. Oh, the, wow. the completed work will be exhibited to the public 24-7 for one to four months. The duration will be determined with Rocco staff based on the seasons and circumstances. Works may be offered for sale during the exhibition period. The artwork, if not sold by the end of the exhibition period, will remain the property of the artist. 
artists will receive a $3,000 grant to support their project. That's 50% materials, 50% artist stipend. So we, we instead of $3,000, we have $35 billion. Artist proposals will be reviewed relative to the following criteria. Uh-huh. So we have st- site specificity, the ability of the work to engage art audiences and the general public with the location using elements of surprise, humor, imagery, design, etc. Uh-huh. Quality of the proposal and prior work. Okay. Good. Fit for Roco and our neighbors. Uh-huh. Feasibility of the project. Originality and timeliness. Safety of visitors and passersby. Yes. We'll take a little break, have some cheese, and then we're going to uh, start that clock. Excellent. All right. Perfect. We'll be right back. I'm ready. We're back. That brie is my favorite. It's so stinky. It is quite stinky. My favorite is the, I think it's a Gouda. Yeah. Because it has crystallized. Yeah, it's so good. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're all ready for this. Um, we did a little bit of research. We figured out what the, the 19th Amendment is it prohibits the government from not allowing people to vote based on gender or sex timer starting now we see uh, sort of what the outside of the roco looks like we have a few different seasons um yeah it's a it's like a little courtyard kind mm-hmm. of thing it's called the public art pad i had this dream of creating a sonic installation okay great i don't know that that would work outdoors but no, why not i mean so, yeah, we have we i'm sure it could we can build whatever we want to build yes. right we have a very large budget this sonic installation yeah. it depends of where you are in the room okay did you see the david bowie exhibit at the brooklyn museum i did not that's okay so there's this technology that like you wear headphones and then when uh-huh. you approach uh, a certain exhibit the sort of text or the the info automatically plays where you go the sound changes the sound changes uh-huh. and then you get different information right depending on of where you are in the room and how then you connect that information to whatever is that's you're great looking at. and i also really like the idea that uh things sort of get distorted and shifted yeah i wonder too i'm sure we could sort of create something that manipulates the very like sound waves so that like yes. you know there's just a lot of like I don't know, safe radiation or something happening uh-huh. that like, you know, in one part we're hearing one thing and another part where, you know, it sort of morphs into something. It can travel with you. Go on. So like, for example, you are in one part of, I mean, this is a patio of a patio and you're hearing, you're hearing something as you travel to the next thing, then, you know, like this sound is traveling with you and getting distorted as you move. Mm. Mm, so it's like there's the sound is somehow stuck to you. Like we, we somehow yeah. magnetize sound. Yes, yes. I bet we could probably engineer Susan B. Anthony um, to say like anything, you know, like any word you wanted, you know, but it probably we would want it to be yes. respectful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yes, are you talking about like there is these people that have created this um thing where where you have a video of a person and then you can you can make it make it say anything yes absolutely but i bet we could somehow recreate um her voice yes um yes uh would there be like a recording of her 200 years ago i don't know i don't 
Probably I not. But, so. but but that would be yeah, but that would be interesting. Just yeah. kind of like maybe recreate her voice. Okay. For sure we can find like um written of course like her actual text there would be some like ai artificial intelligence and so maybe you could have a conversation with susan yes um and you know and she would wish you well and you know siri style you know or alexa style sort of you know care for you or serve you in some way yeah you can have one of those like the artist is present moments but with susan i really like that so do you think we would actually see a hologram of susan or just her voice let's imagine that we are arriving to this place so we arrive there when we see so we are need to we build actually a, building yeah, yeah we're we building build a, a dome or, yeah our structure but we should structure. maybe be specific about like what this structure actually looks like uh, my first bad idea is sort of this like weird like convoluted like maze sort of this very weird like uh intestine like maze but i don't think that's exactly the right thing but no but i hear that because it is uh, it is creating a path Right. So you are not arriving into a completely open space. Right. You are arriving like that. That therefore, you are intentionally directing your audience in different ways. Right. Which oh, can be nice. also which can be also helpful for them. What we want them to hear. Exactly. Or how are we manipulating sound and how the sound is traveling? So we do agree that it's sort of like a maze and there's like different entry points and different exit points. It, we'd probably want it to feel like not too claustrophobic. It would be airy. It would oh, be yeah. light. You know. Yes, yes, yes. It has to. Yes, it has to be the, en- enough light so that people doesn't feel trapped. Right. We right. want them to come back. Yeah. And we want them to get inspired to vote. That's right. And and it makes me think like we want to, you know, each of these paths offers like a choice, right? You yes. you make a decision, you quote vote, you know, air quote, like in which direction you're gonna go. Yes. Yes. I, I like that because it then becomes like a like a something a, a fun. You have agency. Actually you're giving your audience agency, yes. some some kind of agency. Yeah. And it's not just you are manipulating them. Yes. Which, oh, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. You can't. Yes. You can't manipulate people. And you know this sort of this uh, goes along with their requirement of like changing. So you know, depending on which pathway you choose, you'll oh, have a different experience. Yes, exactly. And then next time you can come back and pick a different path and yeah. get a different outcome. Yeah. Could we do some like light illusion? Yeah. You know, like. Um, Yes, like you can make things disappear and and morph using light. Yeah, of course. And so, yeah, so maybe it's like this this sort of like archway, uh-huh. you know, and, and the top would be some sort of like sonic thing and you go across. Like it would probably be this like ever-changing layered experience, right? Yes. Susan is, is talking to you. Perhaps you can talk to Susan. You're looking for her. So there is a lot of illusion. There is yeah. the light illusion. Yeah. There is the sonic illusion. Mm-hmm. So you feel kind of lost, actually. Yeah, even though it's like a straight shot. You, yes. Yeah, you're sort of discombobulated. It's like a you know archway in a park, maybe. So we have Susan B. Anthony's texts. Yes. And they're they're sort of recorded and they're they're happening and and they're they're prompting you to respond and presumably your responses are captured. 
how or like what what is the how do you know your responses are captured do we hear them are they light shapes like what what do they look like oh that would be amazing if yeah. you know like um we have like everybody has these audiphonos i'm just gonna say it in spanish and um and you have a recording also like you get your your earphones yeah and you get a recording thing so you are having this conversation mm -hmm. and then out of this conversation there is this technology that transforms your 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 wave sound of your voice into a, a visual mm -hmm. into light visual yeah. that then travels to become part of the of the luminic installation yeah. great 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 so like you see your voice yeah um yeah making you know like adhering to the to the to the luminic installation and then that makes you think like maybe all that all all that luminosity is people's voices i really like that and it makes me think that you know if there would be sort of a dramatic didactic moment susan says like and what would the world look like without our voices and then boom, For it's dark and it's quiet dark yes could it be also this is just like ridiculous and we make we may need a magician well we have um, we i mean yes why, we have a lot of yeah 35 we, billion we, dollars yes. can, you, we can have, have all, all the collaborators of, all the magicians of course yeah we we hire all sorts of people yes um because i am thinking also can 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 the reverse happen like you can you know take the take the 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 light so your your voice sonic waves yeah. become slide can yes. you take that into whatever and then listen to it yeah i think so i think you could be able to like touch touch the light sort of voice representation and it yes. would play um you know i wonder like it it certainly it would be nice to give people headphones and yes but i fear like i there has to be some very expensive technology that would sort of like just beam it directly into your head. Yeah. Maybe it's in other important sites. Yes. Where democracy uh, must be, uh, I don't know, um, upheld. Yeah. Or, or just thought about. Yeah. 2020 is an important year for um, this country's democratic practice. Yeah. Um, or, you know, maybe not, maybe not in other countries, but maybe like other states. Other states, yes. Yeah. So U.S. centric. Yes. That's, that's what, that, that was the thought. Yes. Yeah. 35 billion uh, divided by uh, How 50. How many states? 50. 50. So. Are we counting Puerto Rico? Y y we shouldn't we, right? Do, so do, 51 Do you know that Guam. Puerto Ricans cannot vote? Yet. What is important also is like maybe Susan B. Anthony is making is asking all these questions, but you are recording your answers and you are putting your answers in this luminic installation. Right. That, so that's like nationally, internationally. Yes, it would be great also to have a way to record the answers. Maybe you can come like later we can compare what are the answers per state. Well, of course um, there'd be a website fully set up, a fully interactive website sort oh, of compiling all this stuff. Like there's definitely budget for that. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. And, and it compiles the answers. There's like some like analysis. We're yeah. collecting data. Mm-hmm. We are transforming sound into light. Yep. And 
and asking people important questions. Yeah. What what if we were to like sort of name this? We have we have three minutes left. Okay. What would we call this this piece? Sound of the peoples. That's sound not of the, the people. Word. Okay. So yeah, we do have sound. We have this light. We have this interconnectedness. We have sort of this hope to. Um, you know, embrace or or uh, inspire intersectionality around yeah. Susan B. Anthony and and all of the sort of yet yeah, what the suffragettes achieved and then what they failed to achieve yeah. and what they weren't what what their blind spots were. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is sort of this national network. Yes. Um, these these tunnels, these archways, these passages. Yeah. How do you suffragette like, is actually a really wonderful word? How can we continue the work? Like, mm. how do you translate the work that was made in that context to this context when we speak about um, women's rights to choose? It's it's a kind of worms. We have one minute to come yes. up with a name here. Um, I I like where you were going with suffragette. Suffrage, uh, suffrevolution, suffragette. Suffrage light. Oh boy. Suffrage light. Uh, um, um, suffrage. Suffrage. So yes. how do you say suffragio? It comes like suffragette is because of suffragio. Suffragio I, means vote, like 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 the actual vote. It's the it's it's like s- Is there some sort of like Spanish wordplay? Thirty seconds. Yeah, that, that that's the word. And it's similar. Suffragio. Yeah, I love that. Suffragio. Suffragio, it it means voting. Suffragio, and, and there is a and there is um, an English word for that. I just don't remember it. I'm not sure. Suffragio, I feel like that's that's it. I, I'd have to say suffragio is the best we've got because suffragio, we're out of time. We're out of time. Um, we have suffragio, our our light sound passageway, yes. installed all over the United States. Yes, but host mainly by the Rochester Contemporary Art Center. In partnership with the National Susan B. Anthony Museum and House. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so grateful for our conversation. I'm so grateful to, to have learned uh, so much more about you as a human being, as an artist. Thank um, you. And yeah, to have created this extraordinary project uh, for the Rochester Contemporary Art Center. Um, I, I'm sure they're going to be very happy to receive it. Thank you so much. I am really happy about it. Thank you for inviting me and coming all the way here. You're so welcome. What a beautiful cozy zone you have. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you. Cozy zone. We have Suffragio, our our light sound passageway. Yes. Uh, that there is a consensus reality about color is less important than the what is triggered in the consciousness what is the the frequency that is triggered and the resonant frequency in the perceiver that is triggered and how that then serves to alter that reality of that of that entity so we we just shared in this wonderful consensus reality of uh hearing the audio of anna and my project we listened to this reality, yes, yes this and, consensus reality. And again, thank you so much for having me back to your uh, vacation home in Wyoming near Yellowstone National Park. Yes, it is a beautiful home and many people should experience it, particularly idealistic uh, 
youngsters such as yourself. That's very nice. Yeah. What did you think of, of the project? What did you think of Suffragio? Well, um, Suffragio, if, if I'm, uh, forgive my pronunciation, is it's a... It's perfect. Uh, that sounds, that's just um, right. Is, um, it's an experiment in voting. It's primarily about where do people get their voice from? What does it mean to give somebody a voice in this universe? The seeds of this project, as proposed, are much like the engine of a spaceship, we might say. That's what the listeners will be interested in hearing, the space dealership analogies, because they say, space parts, wow. Uh, Truly, and, wow, space parts. Yeah, I, yeah, please go on. This is the basis on which human culture will make or break itself or shall we say break itself in order to make itself all right <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> now what do i mean by this the human culture fails time and again to realize the essence of these lessons regarding the need for breakage in order for creation to happen at all the uh the need to vote is real Yes, yes, to, to yes. let our voice be seen and heard mm -hmm. across time and space. Now, what people don't understand, my, my great, great, great grandfather was a part of a, an organization, you might call it, uh, much like a, uh, we could say, a uh, sister organization of the Freemasons, <laughs> except they were a little bit more radical, we might call them. Um, they were called resonant polarized voicing. Yes, yes. of course. Oh, yes. Yes. All right. right. So they were, they were a group of, I think, Satanists, first of all, who, who installed different, uh, I guess, magnetic devices, uh, all around their territory in order to sort of gain, uh, insight into the people they were with. Is that right? <laughs> it's fascinating to me what what people uh, how this uh, this game of telephone sort of mutates over the ages. It keeps me going. This is this is incredibly fascinating. So, so not, not Satanists who installed magnets. All these weeds of concepts, all these details, you know. They, so the Satanism, that is a, a piece of, we might call that, we might call that propaganda. Okay. okay. I would call that, I will put propaganda in quotation marks. Okay, well, okay. some may, yes, have had more of a, more of a liking for uh, um, uh, an angel such as Lucifer. Who sure. Who became Satanized. I have no Others, problem with Satanists. Uh, I, I think, yeah, you know. Yes. For, yes, for some, it was a, a part me for interrupting, but this no, is no. something I am passionate about because it involves genealogy and lineage for of me. Of course. Uh, for some, it may have involved uh, some this kind of um, idolatry or worship. For others, this was a an experientially practical organization that not so far off from the second part of what you were saying, but you see that was the technology. What That was the how. Right. The, the what and the why was... They made a practice of voting for the opposite of their beliefs on purpose. 
Whoa. Now, and um, I mean, what? That, yeah, that sounds compatible very much with Satanism. Well, let's put it very, very crudely in terms of national politics today. Somebody's a very passionate Republican. Maybe this, maybe this passionate Republican would vote for someone who is perceived to be radical. Okay, because doing such a thing would create the necessary energetic destruction within that person to release a vault of creative energy and then be able to manifest any, any, any personal, individual, or social realities that they desired. I release and offer. Boy, does this proclamation feel empowering. I'm wiggling in my seat. I release and offer $35 billion to Sofragio. Oh my, Mr. Petrosiris, thank you so much. That is so, so generous. Mr. Petrosiris, again, thank you so much. I, I just have one more uh, ask for you before before I, I leave. So I have a, a Patreon, which is... A, it's a, like What's a, that? It's like a regular online kind of crowdfunding program. Uh, people can sign up for different tiers. Uh, mine, uh, which is at uh, www.patreon.com slash Projects. I have a single tier. Uh, it's the the Cozy Zone member. That's five dollars a month. That's just sixty dollars a year. And if you sign up, that's uh, you get access to. Are you are you asleep? Pardon me. I I. I um, mm, mm. Yes, you were saying. Uh, okay. You were asking me about okay. something. Pa- Patri- pa- pa- Patreon. So it's a it's <clears throat> a. It's like a membership website. Five dollars a month, and then you get access to. Uh, special content, members-only content, new early released uh, versions of episodes. Mr. Petasiris, are you? Ah, yes. Yes, Ben. Yes. Ben, I'm, 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 Ben, I'm here. I'm here. I'm with you. As I said, I'm an open vessel. So, so how can I be of help? Okay. What, 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 I'm I'm, just, yes, I'm here. I have a Patreon. Mm. It's an online thing. You give $5 a month. You get special benefits. Would you be a, a a patron of my Patreon? $5 a month. Cozy Zone member. The pro the problem with what you are asking me now, and I will tell you a flat out no, uh, is that okay? Oh, is that <laughs> Patreon? Excuse me. Um, Patreon is built on a model of strictly making something sustainable. Okay, sustainable. Well, yes, I am not going to be locked in an anti-sustainability stance. Yeah, that seems... uh, It is... It is erroneous to think that we can only preserve life. This this goes back to what I was saying before. You can't can't preserve life, you gotta give life. You you can't do $5 because... Listen to your heart. Yeah, I'm listening. So, but you won't do the. You just won't do the five dollars a month, Mr. Petasiris. You sure? No, I, I'm. I, I, I have. I, I could not be more sure. You could ask me that question while I'm asleep, and uh, and I I would. I I would did. I did ask that while you were asleep twice. The number is so low as to be abstract. Tell me thank you, and then flip me off. Uh, are you? Tell me. Tell me thank you from your heart, and then flip me off. Are you sure? I, I don't want to, I don't mean any disrespect, but you, you're sure you want me to do this? 
Yes, I am. Possibly. Okay, here we go. Thank you. <laughs> what are you thinking, young man? What? What are you thinking? What? You're in my vacation home. Wait, you just told how me could to... You, th- how, how dare you do oh such a thing? Uh, you, you just you told listen, me to- You dare listen to an older... And, 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 you, I, I could be demential for all you know. And what? then you flip me off and, and you think that I, I, you think that I will I, just take it. I'm so sorry. I, I, take I, it. I didn't mean it. Uh, you're in my vacation home, I remind you. You, I, you, you, right. you are the one who catalyzed in me <laughs> the, the realization that I need to open my home to more people. Right. Understand. And that's amazing. This is uh, not about my privacy and personal okay. space. This is about you. Right. Then thinking it's all right to flip me off. No, what I, are you thinking? I, I just... You, you gave man. me. You explicitly gave me an instruction. Idealistic young man. All right. You know what? This, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I, go. I no. I listen. That was all. That was all an act. Okay. What? That that was all an act to what? put you in the fast lane. What? All right. That I, that was horrible. all me. That was all me. <laughs> that was that. The congratulations. It was horrible. It yeah. was It was trauma. But now, now you have the understanding you need because it's. I can see it sank in. I feel sick to my it, stomach. It sank in. That's that's the feeling of it sinking in. That's you see. That's the that's the lower meeting the higher. You. I uh, only got bits and pieces of the information of the the pitch regarding the sound frequencies you were, traveling around. With you were talking a lot so, during the whole the whole thing, so that makes uh, sense. Oh, ah, uh, uh, okay. Uh, you were me. constantly talking through the the whole recording that I. Uh, broad figure, but that I, I mean, see, that's I your see, way. I see some latent aggression. That's no, right. no, right. no, no. I'm just, through I'm just stating this is a step. Ben, this I'm just step. stating okay. what was happening. Yes, this could bring the consciousness to a new level of understanding what it is to voice and to vote. And for that, I am ecstatic, and I send you off with a feeling of ecstasy that right now might be manifesting as a queasiness in your stomach. But if you give into it, it will start feeling extraordinary. Thank you, Mr. Pettisiris. We Cozy Zone with Ben Weber is produced and edited by me, Ben Weber. Danny Townsend wrote our theme music. Johanna Campbell Case designed the logo. A big thank you to Ana Cantaron Viramontes and Nate Spear. Special thanks to Cozy Zone Foundation trustee, Mr. Claude Walter Pettisiris even though he didn't join my Patreon. But you can. Visit www.patreon.com slash Projects. You'll have access to so much fun, members-only content and directly support the artists of Cozy Zone. Follow me on Instagram at BenWeberProjects and on the web at www.BenWeberProjects.com. Subscribe to Cozy Zone on Apple Podcasts or wherever you catch your pods, like Stitcher or Spotify, and write a review. It'll feel so nice. Thank you so much for listening. May all your zones be cozy. Zone. <laughs>